Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuhu. You're listening to the Qalam Podcast. Qalam's mission is to make Islamic knowledge accessible to everyone. If you have benefited from Qalam's work, please share it on with others. Continue to make dua, pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts our efforts and that Allah gives us the ability to continue to serve more and more people. And thirdly, become a part of our mission. Plant your own sadaqajariya, your continuous charity, by contributing and supporting our work by going to supportqalam.com. Please visit the link, lend us your generous support, become a part of this mission, and share that link with others so that we can continue to do more and more work and help more and more people. Jazakumullahu khairan. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. You are listening to the Qalam Podcast Hurdle Series, a study of Imam Ghazali's Minhajul Abidin by Sheikh Mikail Ahmed Smith. Jazakallah khair for your continued support, and we pray that this is beneficial. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Wassalatu wassalam ala Sayyidina wa Nabiyyina wa Mawlana Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Allahumma inna nas'aluka hubbak wa hubba man yuhibbuk wa hubba amalin yuqarribuna ila hubbik ya arhamar rahimin. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to uh, make this a gathering by which we know him better. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to uh, give us the ability to act on everything that we've learned throughout this, this dars, throughout these classes. Um, Imam Ghazali, rahimahullah ta'ala, you know, you know they say uh, whenever there's a khatam of Qur'an, everybody pulls up because you get that barakah, right? So alhamdulillah, we have a lot of people who pulled up for the khatam. I mean, it's no, there's no fada'il or virtues of khatam, doing a khatam of Imam Ghazali's book. Uh, but alhamdulillah, khitamuhu misk. The last of it is the best, inshallah. And um, may Allah allow all of us to benefit from everything that we've learned, inshallah ta'ala. Um, tonight's dars, um, Imam Ghazali, rahimahullah, he ends it off very powerfully. He ends it off very strong. Um, last week, we talked about a concept called uh, tawfiq, right? And if you remember, tawfiq was that missing element that a lot of us needed. When it came to doing what God wants us to do, when it came to avoiding what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to stay away from, the missing element that we all realize we needed, whether it's the external elements of being able to do something as simple as finding your keys in the house, or the internal element, which is the most critical element, that inner desire to actually want to do it. And last week what we said is the benefit, the last hurdle, the last hurdle of all of this was gratitude. Gratitude. And he said that if you're able to embody gratitude within yourself and not, not just alhamd, because he said on the tongue is just the verbal expression, thank you, alhamdulillah. But he said that true gratitude was something that is a, a reality of the heart. And that's what all believers strive for. And tonight I want to preface tonight's dars on the hadith of the Prophet wasallam, where the Rasul wasallam, he it was the middle of the night, and you know the hadith, but the, the context, the context is quite different. The Prophet ﷺ woke up as per, as per his norm for his qiyam al-layl, his nighttime prayer. And his blessed wife, Aisha, our mother, radiallahu anha, she says that he's praying all night, day after day. And she says, like, I can feel that his... his his feet are swelling because of how much he's standing in prayer. And she asked him, and this is so critical because this is how a lot of us think. She asked him, why are you doing so much when your sins are forgiven? And, he, and, he, and, and for us, he flips it. And he goes, no, no, you're missing the point. All of this I'm doing is out of gratitude. All of this worship, all of this ibadah is because Allah has blessed me in countless ways. 
So he says to us that the final hurdle was gratitude. But he said, when you realize gratitude within yourself, when you realize gratitude within yourself, Allah will bless you with something called tawfiq in Arabic. And what tawfiq means is that Allah enables you, facilitates for you righteousness. I got a message and I asked the Habibi, I asked the brother, could I share his message? And, and, and he said, absolutely. So I got this message on Saturday from one of the brothers. And uh, he hit me up and he says this. He says, me and my wife have been struggling to get up for Fajr. It's a struggle. It's, a, it's, it's hard. And he says, but after listening to class 23, and I was, a state of, I was in a state of sadness over it, meaning... This is the key. He was like, I realized I was missing something. There was something in my life spiritually that I was missing. It was Fajr. And I deeply missed it. I deeply wanted it. So he said, I stopped and I asked Allah for tawfiq. He's like, I just asked Allah for tawfiq. Ya Allah, I can't get up. Ya Allah, my eyes, my heart, it's all in your hands, Ya Allah. I want it. I desire it. I want it. I desire it. And for many of us in this room, we're struggling with all types of sins. And instead of you trying to figure out how to stop it, let go, let God. Just let go, turn it over. Ya Allah, take it over for me. So he says, I asked Allah for tawfiq and I stopped trying to do it on my own. I'm reading his words, y'all. He says, wallahi, I have woken up both days before my alarm has even gone off. Before my alarm has even gone off, I'm like, yo, you need to hit me up with some du'as, bruh. You on another level, Habibi. The angels there, and they're like, yo, wake up. Your alarm's about to go off. Not even the alarm here. The malaika, like, yo, it's about to go off. But what it is, what, what, what I realized, now I hit him with a message back. I said something to him. And this is what tonight is about. I said to him, I said, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. There will be ups and downs, but keep begging. See, you don't get what I, I didn't say keep waking up. La, I said there will be ups, there will be downs, but keep begging. Keep what? Begging. The essence of servitude, this path of being a Muslim is all about realizing you're a servant of God. But when you realize you're a servant of God, You allow Allah to put you into God's work where he wants you to be and do the work he wants you to do. You know what I think is the biggest thing that all of us in this room are struggling right now? We want Allah to use us. We want Allah to use us for his work, but we don't know what that work is. Stop trying to figure out and just let Allah use you. And just beg Allah, Ya Allah, I don't care. Be the ink, be the pen, be the hand. Use me however you want. Use me. So stop trying to figure out that path to God. Our our paths are shatta. Like all of our paths are different. But all of us have to turn to Allah and beg Allah. So I said to him, I want you to keep begging. Tonight's topic that we conclude this series on is about a concept in Islam called in Arabic, that's the Arabic word. Tadarru is a state of being. It's a state of being before God whenever you talk to God. And it's a state of being broken. 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 Tadarru comes from an Arabic word. It's pretty deep. It comes from the word dara in Arabic. And the word dara is, a, is, is like the udder, the udder of a cow, the udder of a goat. But the reason why tadarru comes from that word is for the baby calf, there's only one source of nourishment. Tadarru happens when you make dua to Allah, realizing that there is no one else that can solve your problem or give you tawfiq other than Allah. That's what tadarru means. Now, I heard one sheikh say, Ibn Qayyim al-Jawzi, he said, and, and remember, I said to my man, I said, Alhamdulillah, but keep begging. 
Because Allah gave it to you. He gave you that fajr two days in a row. And that was a gift to tell you, this is what I could do for you your whole life. This is what I could give you for your whole life. But do you really want it? Because some people, after they get it one time, they stop asking for it. They stop. That's it. I got it once. Oh, I hit that fudger up. Yeah. We talk about fudger. Like, yeah, I did that once. <laughs> like, nah, man, we live that, bro. We live that. We live that. And, and, and you got to remember, man, like one of the sh- Mashiach. Look, look, when in anything in life, when you're trying to set a mark at one place to be conservative, you shoot, you shoot a little further. Just in case if you fall short, you still hit your mark. When it comes to spirituality, this is what they say. Why do I keep talking about tahajjud all the time? Why do I keep talking about, guys, we got to wake up for tahajjud. We got to wake up for tahajjud. You know why? Because if, if you start waking up for tahajjud, the day that you slack, you fall into fajr. But right now, if all you're doing is waking up for fajr, guess what? You fall up, you wake up, and the sun's like up. You're like, dang, is it Lord time? <laughs> got to get my Lord on time. The reason why we shoot for tahajjud is because the day that I'm slipping, I still wake up for fajr. I still wake up for fajr. So the, the idea, brothers and sisters, is Allah will give us that blessing of whatever you're asking tawfiq for. But now after you ask for tawfiq, and I know everyone in this room, after last week, we were, we were like, Ya Allah, tawfiq, open the doors for me. Open the doors. And if the door didn't open, keep asking. Keep asking. I said this before. There was one sheikh, a guy came to him, elderly man, older guy. He came to him and he said, sheikh, you keep telling us to make dua. You all heard this before. I know it. He says, you've been telling us to make dua. He says, I've been making the same dua for 40 years. The sheikh smiled. He says, haven't you realized by now that that is the answer of your prayer? What does that mean? When you get connection with God, who cares about the thing you were arguing over, asking for, begging for? You got something way better. You got connection. No, you don't get that. You don't get that. You're asking Allah for something from this dunya, whatever it may be. And Allah says, I love for you to be close to me. I love for you to be close to me. So I gave you closeness for the last 40 years. Haven't you realized that you got the answer to your dua and didn't even realize it? Imam Ghazali, he says in this final section, the final section is on wujub ilallah, the necessity of a believer being broken and begging before God, begging before God. What this means is that every time you raise your hands, you approach God, you approach it, not as Ibn Qayyim al-Jawzi, he says, some people approach God as a mudil. Mudil is someone who's like, if you give me, it's all good, but I was good to hide anyway. You know, sometimes when we don't want to feel like I really need help from you, you call your coworker up, you're working on a project, but she's going to act mad funny if you keep asking her for help, she's going to remind you of that favor. You know how that is. So you call her up, you'd be like, hey, hey, Becky. Y'all know Becky, I'll be talking about Becky. <laughs> yo, Becky, I'm working on this project. But you don't want to be like, yo, I really need you. Da-da. You'd be like, if you could pull up, it'd be nice. <laughs> if you could come through, it would be nice. Ibn Qayyim al-Jawzi, he says, never make dua this way. Now, some of us, like, I would never say that. Yes, you do in your actions. You don't, you don't say, ya Allah. You don't break down before God. The dua comes from a place of, Ah, it'd be nice, Allah. La. He says, this is, إِنَّهُ لَا يُحِبُّ الْمُعْتَدِينَ He says, Ibn Qayyim al-Jawzi, Allah doesn't, there's a dua, there's a verse of the Quran, اُدْعُوا رَبَّكُمْ تَذَرُمُ وَخُفْيَةً Call Allah, call upon Allah with brokenness. Brokenness. I was talking to a friend earlier today about this concept, and the term I came up with was embrace your brokenness. Embrace your brokenness. Realize that's who you are every time you turn to Allah. So Ibn Qayyim al-Jawzi, he says, the verse of Quran says, uh, Udru Rabbakum, call your Lord. Tadarru, I'm broken. 
يا الله يا الله وخفيه ان اعرف ان quietly like you don't have to yell you can sit right now bow your head and and make the most broken dua before god and nobody knows you don't have to be loud and then the end of the verse says innahu la yuhibbul mu'tadin indeed he does not love god does not love those who are go past the limits ibn qayyim al-jawzi he says those are people that make dua but it's 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 haphazard it's light it's 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 formal it's ritualistic there's no deep longing for what it is so my advice to my brother here and my advice to myself is after you make that first dua for tawfiq don't stop keep begging allah because that lets allah see how much you truly long and love for the blessing he just gave you let's read ibn qayyim al-jawzi let's read ibn <laughs> imam ghazali rahimullah imam ghazali rahimullah ta'ala what does he say wa jumlatul amr the summary of everything annaka idha ahsanta an-nadhara min minan allah ta'ala when you have started to look at all of god's blessings upon you time out 24 weeks ago when we started this book if i go to page 1 imam ghazali rahimahullah ta'ala remember i don't know if you remember guys he was talking about wanting to be on this path of ibadah this path of worship and so he said one day in your life i don't know when it's going to hit you i was 19 when it hit me but one day in your life you will be laying in the bed you will be sitting there and you will realize in a moment that god has blessed you and you have a purpose but i don't know how to fulfill that purpose I don't know when it will hit you. For some of us it's hit us and we keep blocking it out. For some of us we're right at the precipice. I was 18 and I sat up and I was like what is this all about? What does God want from me? Imam Ghazali rahimahullah he says that the beginning of this path that we're all on it begins by this moment where you start to realize that you're blessed. You start to realize like There must be a reason why I'm here. So he says as he's ending the book, he's like when you see all the blessings upon you. And um wa masalli ala sayyidina Muhammad wa la yuhitu biha wahmuk hatta khallafta. So now you have started to pass this 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 first hurdle. Why? Because you you woke up from your sleep of just living this world like with no purpose. You woke up. Your first hurdle he said was knowledge. that I'm here for a purpose there's a reason I'm here so you woke up and you're like I got to walk this path then he says but as you stood up and you're like I I need to move forward you were shackled back what were those shackles y'all your sins your sins were holding you back so you were ready to traverse this path of ibada but you had these heavy sins on you every time I talk to a brother like and we give dawa the brother would be like I'm ready to move but I got a sin there's a sin i can't I, i can't it's like no don't worry we got a solution don't worry that sin will hold you back so he says what what tahartu min awzari wal kaba'ir you have cleaned yourself from the sins and we explain what that means is we live in a state of constant redemption before god wasabaqtal awaiq you pass the the first hurdle the, the third hurdle and the fourth fourth hurdle then you pass the hurdle of 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 being encouraged and motivated down this path and then he says and then finally you reach the hurdle of gratitude what does that mean you fill your heart with a recognition of his blessings what you baligh mablaghan and guess what it you realize so many blessings listen what he says what you baligh mablaghan you are thinking about his blessings so much yahulu bainaka wa bayna isyanihi it becomes a barrier between you and sin it becomes a barrier what does that mean we said last week how dare you disobey god with the blessings he gave you that's what we said last week and that's what he's saying right now once you realize these eyes are a blessing wallahi just think over this just contemplate your sight as a blessing and then try to use these eyes to disobey god and then he says what wa yab'athaka ala khidma It's like now you're you're ready to serve God. You started, you woke up for fajr, you woke up 
for tahajjud. And he says, now what do you do next? وَاجْتَهَدْتَ وَتَذَرَّتَ وَتَوَسَّلْتَ You strive and try hard and keep grinding and you humble, تَذَرَّعْتَ you, you humbly beseech God. And he says, this is what you say to him. I love this dua. He says, this isn't a prophetic dua, but it encapsulates what we need right now in this moment. He says, say these words, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, Ya Mawlaya, O oh Allah, O oh my protector, Kama Bada'ta Bil Ihsan Bifadlik, just the same way you began your bounties upon me, Min Ghayri Istihqaq, without me deserving it. Listen, I'm a Muslim right now, but I don't deserve it. I study this deen, I don't deserve it. We read Quran every morning. We got a group, we read Quran. We don't deserve that. If for a moment you thought, yes, I do, then you're not realizing you're blessed. If you feel entitled, you can't feel blessed at the same time. You can't feel blessed and feel like you're supposed to have something. They're oxymoron. They don't go together. That's oil and water. It's either you're blessed or I'm supposed to have that. Which one is it? So are you blessed to have la ilaha illallah? Yeah, you are. Are you blessed to have a path to walk on? To know Tawheed? I was with a brother last night. I was with a brother last night that was like just talking about the blessing of Tawheed. He converted a year ago and he's just like, just the, to know God as one is such a great blessing. Now, let's go further. Here you are. Here we are studying the deen in a, in a city of so many, uh, such a good community. Do you deserve that or are you blessed? Blessed. All of that came without us deserving it. Fahimtum, tayyib. Faqala Imam Ghazali, say to Allah, kama bada'ta bi ihsan. The way you began your blessings upon me without me deserving it. Now here's the best part. Fa'at mimhu bi fadlik min ghayri istihqaq. So complete it. Fa'at mim. See, there's two things. Let me break it down. Speaking too much Arabic here. Yo. <laughs> Sorry, yo, I got you. I saw it. It was like, what are you saying, girl? Okay. <laughs> Some of the uncles in the back, like, yeah, word. I feel you, yo. <laughs> nah, listen. The dua says, ya Allah. The same way you began your blessings. Think of this dua. The same way you began your blessings upon me without me deserving it. Oh Allah, complete the blessings upon me not deserving it. Because what happens is, in our mind, we woke up for tahajjud, we woke up for fajr, but my life didn't change too much. So you start to think, Ya Allah, do I deserve this blessing? No, you never deserved it in the first place, Habibi. But Allah looked at you with His grace, because you asked Him for it. And here's the deal. The reason why we're special is because we ask Him for it. Not because we deserve it, because we ask for it. He's Kareem. He'll give to anybody. He'll give to anyone. But who is, who's asking? Who's asking? And that's why in this room, I'm, I see us all struggling to find purpose. Not purpose, job, nine to five. Purpose, purpose. Like, what does God want from me? And as I talk about purpose, I want to say something. A lot of us, because of the age we live in, social media, we think purpose means I got to be known. It's gotta, I got to start like a, like a corporation that uh, finishes off poverty or something. I got to be like, you know, no, no, listen, start small. And it's okay to be unknown and your purpose be unknown. What does it harm you if you're known in the heavens and unknown on earth? That's a hadith, not my words. It does not harm you to be unknown on the earth if you are known amongst the angels. The hadith says, as a soul is lifted up, the angels, they're like, we know you. We arif, I know this, this, this smell. Because you're elevating and they smell your soul. They're like, we know you. They know you because your good deeds used to elevate through a certain pathway to the heavens. And so they remember that pathway and the smell of those deeds. So who cares if you're unknown, but known to the heavens? I'll give you an example. I'm going to say a name. John Elton Bimbry. John Elton Brimby. Anyone know him? All right, next, ready? 
Malik Al-Malik Al-Hajj, Malik Al-Shabazz. Malcolm X, y'all, it took forever. <laughs> My bad, I messed it up too. <laughs> Malcolm X, you know him? How many lives inspired to accept Islam and walk the right path because of his autobiography? Thousands. But who did I say first? John Elton. Who's he? John Elton Bimby. He's the one in jail that said, you're an intelligent man. You need to start reading more. Don't no one know him. You're an intelligent man. You need to start reading more. You need to start studying more. Unknown. Your purpose doesn't have to be the headline. You could become the catalyst for great change in the world and don't nobody know who you are. Accept the heavens. Accept the heavens. Accept the heavens. You know that? What do y'all say, y'all youngins? Like main character energy? <laughs> Ain't that what y'all say? Huh? Did I say it right? Hate them. You don't know either. We don't tap up, man. I'm done trying to keep up with y'all slang, man. You know what I'm saying, Hussein? They say that, though, main character energy. Nah, man. Our dean is not about main character energy, yo. (laughs) It's kind of funny, though. It's not about that. It's about supporting goodness wherever it is. That's what our dean is about. It's about supporting goodness wherever it is. And in fact, the Prophet highlighted those who love to stay unknown and cause things to happen. That's beautiful. So a lot of us are searching for purpose. I know I get it. And it's not a job. It won't. A job is not going to give you fulfillment. You need a divine purpose. You need a godly purpose. And I don't know what yours is. I ain't going to begin to try to tell you that. But I know where you can find it, yo. You got to beg Allah, show me what you want from me. 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 And don't just ask one time. What's tonight about? Tadarru. Beg Allah. And I don't care how old you are. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Rabi al-Bisri. Rabi al-Bisri. One of the awliya of Allah. One of the awliya. She was, she was in her 50s. She was in her 50s. She made her change. And the shuyukh and the scholars of the, of the country used to come and visit her. Abu Hanifa was in his 40s before he even picked up a book to start studying. Before he picked up a book. Abdullah bin Mubarak lived a life of sin. Way out there. Where some of us have never been. But when that Quran hit his heart and he had that moment, overnight, overnight. Now, there's another concept I want us to understand that Imam Ghazali speaks about in these last pages. How long does this journey that we studied for 24 weeks take? He says, well, if you try to do it yourself, it may take, you may spend 40 years in one hurdle. But it doesn't have to take that long. He says it could take 40 days, a year. He says, how long did it take the magicians at the time of Moses to make the journey? A second. Who cares about time? Because this is a journey of hearts. This is the journey. The journey happens here. So this isn't, it's going to take me forever. La. The magicians of Moses' time, they saw the truth and the journey was made right away and they were gone from the world quick. The time doesn't matter because time is a creation. It's a physical constraint. So Imam Ghazali, when he talks about the time it takes the path, the, to pass, go through the path, he says, don't worry about the time. If you try to do it yourself, this whole book, this, this journey of ibadah to get through one hurdle could take you your whole life. Imam Ghazali, what does he say? He says, I want you to turn to Allah and beg Allah. Oh Allah, the same way you blessed me with your fadl, your bounty in the beginning without me deserving it. Oh Allah, complete the blessing upon me. Make this dua, guys. If you had a change through this dars, if you had a change 
and you started doing something, you got to make the next part of the dua, which is, oh Allah, continue the blessing upon me. And then he says, he says, this is beautiful. He says, فَتُنَادِيهِ بِنِدَاءِ الْأَوْلِيَائِهِ Call him the way his friends call him. This is profound. Call him the way his friends call him. You would think that as you became a friend of God and you got closer, that you, you, you relaxed a bit. You, you chilled. You were, no, we're good. La. He says, The friends of Allah who were given the crown of guidance. The friends of God who tasted the sweetness of knowing God. Let me give an example. I don't know if you tried it yet. Hopefully you have. But that one night of tahajjud, middle of the night, nobody knows. When everybody wakes up for fajr time, you feel a little like. (laughs) And if you're good, you keep it in. You keep it in, you're like, no, yo, normal. <laughs> Play it off. Play it off. Yeah, we just woke up. Yeah, wow. If you woke up in that middle of the night and talked to Allah, you tasted a sweetness. You tasted a sweetness, I'm telling you. And if you tasted that sweetness and you truly tasted it. Now, now I want to caveat this. If you tried it one time and you didn't like it, well, you just got it. You, you, you know that first sip of coffee? Remember when you first tasted it? Undergrad? I don't know. Somebody's like, it helps you stay up. You taste it. You're like, this is horrible. Tried it another day. Tried it another day. Now what happens? Every day. So the ulama, they say there's some things that your nafs has to de- develop a taste for. But once you develop the taste for Here's the word I want you to know. Munajat, intimate dialogue with your beloved. Allah. Intimate dialogue with your beloved. One night, the Prophet Muhammad wasallam, the young man looking at me when I said beloved, he smiled different. But it's Allah. He's talking about Allah. Intimate dialogue with your beloved. Listen, listen. One night, the Prophet wasallam. Hear me out. The Prophet Wasallam one night, he was laying next to his beloved Aisha radiallahu anha. We know how much he loved her. Anyone ask him in the middle of the street who you loved the most? Aisha. Just like that. He had no problem vulnerably expressing the love that he had for her. Or anyone that he loved for that matter. Regarding Khadija, he used to say, Ruziqtu hubbaha. Oh, Allah has given me her love as rizq. What a gentleman. What a prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa One day he was sleeping next to her and he wanted to wake up for tahajjud. And he knew that she was enjoying the warmth of him. So he whispered to her, Ya Aisha, da'ni unaji rabbi. Oh Aisha, will you allow me to converse intimately with my rabb? I need that closeness. Imam Ghazali is saying here, once you have tasted the sweetness you don't want to sacrifice that for yashtaruna bithamanan qalila. You don't want to sacrifice it for cheap, a glance here, a glance there, a cheap pleasure. Cheap pleasures are not worth the closeness I have with Allah. So what happens when you taste that sweetness? Khafu. You fear. Fear what? Ala anfusihim. You fear over yourself. What if I lose this? What if I don't wake up for tahajjud tomorrow? What if one of my sins, Allah takes na'udhu billah, my iman away from me, and I'm lost again, not knowing my Lord and unaware of it too? Now, once that comes in, you start to fear. Wahshatul bu'adi, the fear of being distant from God. He says, at that moment, are you there with me? Are you at that moment where you fear losing the sweetness of that intimate dialogue with God? You fear the sweetness of that sajda. I don't know, it's different for me. I remember my first sajda. I remember the freedom that I felt in that first prostration to God. Where I was submitting to Allah and nothing else mattered anymore. He says, if you are at that moment, 
if you are at that moment where you fear losing that closeness, فَتَدَرَّعُوا بِالْبَابِ then, 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 then beg at his door. Beg at his door. Beg at his door. Don't take it away from me. Don't take it away. I don't care if you're a hafid. I don't care what you are, where you're at in your level of spirituality. We have history, stories that will tell us it can all be taken away in a second. Some people think, Imam Ghazali said, some people think that they're special because of the actions they did in the past. He said, Allah gave you shaitan as a proof that that don't matter. Allah gave you shaitan as a proof that that doesn't matter. Shaitan worshipped Allah more than any of us. The past was a blessing, no doubt. But you have to keep begging Allah to give you tawfiq for the next moment. فَتَذَرَّعُوا Beg, 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 beseech. He says, وَمَدُّوا إِلَيْهِ الْكَفَّاءُ Raise your hands. Raise them. Raise them before God. I've said this before that we become so pretentious in our dua. We are so shy. That even if we're in our room by ourselves and no one is around, we still hesitate to truly open up before God. He says, stretch your hands before God. And call in the moments of solitude. Like, like screaming, begging, begging, please, begging. Rabbana, ready for what you're begging? Ready? Rabbana la tuzikulubana ba'da idhadaytana. Oh Allah, do not snatch guidance from my heart after you have given me the sweetness of this guidance. I love it, I want it. Brothers and sisters, our beloved Prophet has embodied all of these realities. It was before the battle of Badr. The battle of Badr was this, this moment of the believers who had been oppressed for 13, 14 years. They were finally pushing back. They were finally standing up for themselves. We won't be pushed around. We won't be the objects of power anymore. It was the battle of Badr and there were 310, 13 Muslims Standing there, and the hadith says, it's a beautiful narration. The hadith says that the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, nadara, nadara, the, the army's coming, nadara ila al-mushrikeen. He looked at the mushrikeen, wahum alfun. And there's a thousand of the mushrikeen, the idolaters of the Quraysh standing. Wa nadara ila ashabihi, wahum thalathamiya wa tisa ashara rajulan. It's 310, 313 people. And he realizes it's three to one. And the narration says, فَاسْتَقْبَلَ nabi." The Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he turned towards the Kaaba, Qibla. He turned in the direction. ثُمَّ مَدَّ يَدَيْهِ He lifts up his hands. I want you to see the moment. This is a moment of intense magnitude. It's a moment that some of the greatest companions we can lose their lives. We can, the story be ended right in this moment. And the Prophet ﷺ realizes how serious this moment is. And, and, and he lifts up his hands. And the Umar, 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 he says, radiallahu anh, Hatafa is to like, like, like yell. He began to, yahtif bi rabbi. He began to demand from his Lord, Ya Rabbi. And he says, Allahumma, oh Allah, anjizma wa'atani. Give me what you promised me. In front of everyone, no shyness here. I'm calling Allah, I ain't shy. I'm begging Allah. Allahumma, anjizma wa'atani. Oh Allah, give me what you promised me. Allahumma. And he says these words, in tuhlik hadhi al asaba. Oh Allah, if these people are destroyed, these Muslims are destroyed, you won't be worshipped anymore. Umar says, Umar says, he kept calling Allah, calling Allah, with his hands stretched out. 
an mankibay. He was lifting up his hands and he had like a shawl on. And, and Omar says he was lifting his hands and begging so much that his shawl fell off. And everyone's like, everyone's watching. So Abu Bakr comes over. Abu Bakr has been there for every moment. Abu Bakr radiallahu anh is the only one for this moment. Abu Bakr al-Siddiq radiallahu anh, he runs over and he picks up the shawl and holding the shawl, he covers and holds the Prophet again. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And he says, Ya Nabi Allah, kathak. He says, Ya Nabi Allah, enough, enough, enough. Allah will give it, Allah will give it. Imam Khattabi, he's a great scholar of hadith. He wrote commentaries on Abu Dawood and Muslim. He says, don't think for a moment <laughs> that Abu Bakr had more trust in Allah than the Rasul. La. He says, the Rasul was teaching us how to act in moments of difficulty. See, some of us, arrogance comes in the form of tawakkul. When this statement, you're going to get like, you're going to be at home driving, you're like, oh, dang, that was me. <laughs> For some of us, arrogance comes in the form of tawakkul. Let me break that down. Some of us is like, it'll be okay. Allah will make it work. La, in this moment, Allah wants you to beg him. Allah, you hibbu. Allah loves to be begged. Allah loves for you to call upon him. And that difficulty that was sent to you was sent with a purpose. But you chose to respond to it with a type of nonchalant arrogance cloaked in piety. Oh, Allah will take care of it. La. Uh, the Rasul Sallallahu knew Allah would take care of it. But he taught us what it means to beseech and beg God in this moment. Stop being arrogant in the face of the trials that are meant there to bring you brokenly to God's door. Stop responding arrogantly to the trials that God has sent you just to bring you to his door broken. That's why they were sent to you and me. So Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he embodied this and he's, he's shrouded by Abu Bakr al-Siddiq. It's such a moment. It's such a moment, right? فَإِنَّهُ سَيَنْجِزْ لَكَ Abu Bakr says, he'll give it to you. He'll give it to you. And Allah reveals the verse, إِذْ تَسْتَغِيثُونَ رَبَّكُمْ فَاسْتَجَابَ لَكُمْ أَنِّي مُمِدُّكُمْ بِأَلْفٍ مِّنَ الْمَلَائِكَةِ مُرْدِفِينَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reveals the verse, and when you begged your Lord, and He answered you, and He sent down help of the malaika, alf, to help you in this battle, the angels fought in Badr. But the help came from the dua. And the dua is the essence of servitude to God. And that's why he ends this book talking about servitude to God. Why? Because this whole path is for you to realize you are an abd. What is an abd? A slave. I read one scholar, he said, Allah created the abd, me and you, for ibadah, worship. And those who refuse... They're running as uh, criminals on this earth to be seized on the day of judgment. <clears throat> running around as criminals. Why didn't you do what you were here for? We are obeying God. We're doing what we were created to do. What does he say? Imam Ghazali, rahimahullah. He says, say to God, Ana wajadna minka ni'matan. Listen, this is beautiful. Say to Allah, Say to Allah, Ya Allah, you've given me one blessing. Say there's a person in this room who started praying Fajr. Started doing something, I don't know. Right now, I want you to set your sight somewhere else. I want you to look at that next milestone. That's what he says. He says, say to Allah, Oh Allah, you have blessed me with one blessing. But guess what, Ya Allah? It only created in me a desire for another blessing. Can you give that to me too? Ya Allah, you taught me to read the Quran. Ya Allah, dream and beg big. I want to be hafiz. Some of y'all in this room, oh, not me. <laughs> yeah, it's not you, it's Allah. It's not you, you're right, it's not you. 
It literally has nothing to do with you. It's about you seeing God's ability to bless any and every one. Allah gave you the ability to recite. You got your little tajweed game down. Ya Allah, let me become hafid. Some of y'all hafid, like, let me get that sabah. Let me get that ijazah. <laughs> whatever blessing you have, whatever blessing you have, realize, and you know where this, we have a proof for this. The Prophet sallallahu he tells us, and we got to end his book, inshallah, because he ends it very strongly. The Prophet sallallahu tells us about the last man. This is a sahih hadith. The Prophet sallallahu tells us about the last man to be pulled out of the hellfire. Before the gates of hell are closed eternally upon those who will dwell there forever. And the one last man brought out after he has been purified from sins. The hadith says that he is taken out by the angels and just put right at the gates of hell, right outside of it. And he's sitting there, having been freed from the punishment right behind him. I want you to picture it and see it. And he's grateful beyond imagination that he has been freed from that torment of hellfire. But in front of him, he sees a tree. Not too far away, but out of his reach. And he sees this shade under the tree. The tree looks beautiful. Colors we've never seen before. And he says, Ya Allah, I know you saved me from the fire, but would you allow me to sit under the shade of that tree? The hadith says that Allah will say, if I give you that, you're going to ask for more. And he says, la ya rab, I will only ask for that. There's nothing more I can imagine. You've saved me from the fire and then you give me this tree? The hadith says, Allah says, okay, to the angels, let him sit under the tree. He goes there, he enjoys that shade. And this is us. This is us. You, you started worshiping and you started to enjoy and you were like, Alhamdulillah, Allah freed me from a life of heedlessness. I'm back. You're outside the gates of thing and you see another tree. Fajr in Jama'ah. You see another tree. Adhkar in the morning. And you say, Ya Allah, let me sit under that tree. Allah says, if I give you that, you're going to want more. You go, no, no. So he takes him to the tree. The hadith says, after that, he sees another, more beautiful. This is Bani Adam. This is who we are. After some time, he, Ya Rab. And you can laugh at this hadith because the Prophet himself laughed when he narrated it. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So he says, Ya Rab. Allow me to sit under the shade of that tree and drink the water. And allow me, Ya Rab. And Allah in this hadith Qudsi, this is a beautiful narration. Allah says in this narration that maybe if I give you that, you'll ask for more. And he says, La Ya Rab, that's it. What could I have for more? You saved me from the fire of Jahannam. I'm now worshiping God. Now you gave me this. And if you give me that, that's it. When he gets that tree, from that tree he could see Jannah. That's why the prophet laughed. <laughs> From that tree, he could see Jannah. He could see inside the gates. Ah, everyone's mind. Look at everyone's mind. Everyone's like, yo, what's going on? He could hear the sounds of Jannah. He could hear all of it. Ya Rab. He says, be quiet. <laughs> oh, angels, give him that and give him 10 times what he had on earth. Give him 10 times the earth. The narration in the hadith says that the man says, Ya Rab, why are you mocking me? <laughs> and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, I'm not mocking you. I give you what, 10 times what was in the earth and that Jannah. What I'm saying is, for me and you, Allah has blessed us at the gate of ibadah. After sitting around the righteous people in this room, smelling the same fragrance of righteous, some of us have changed and become better. But tonight, in this last session of this, of this dars, Wednesday night still go on, this dars, I'm telling you, don't be happy outside the gates of hell. Ask Allah for that next tree. 
Now, it's a different mark for all of us, y'all. It's a different tree for all of us. But don't just ask. Beg, beg, beg. Imam Ghazali, rahimahullah ta'ala, what does he say? Ah, Allahu Akbar. It's a beautiful, beautiful night. May Allah accept from us. All of these nights that we sat together, may Allah accept it from us. So Imam Ghazali, he says, uh, we'll go to his last thing as time is, 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 is wrapping up. He says, know this. These are his final advices for us. You got to know this. So our discussion on begging and tadarru is done. He's finishing the book. He says, He goes, listen. I need you to know that every one of us as servants of God, there's four things you need in life. He's like, yo, I know head's going to pull up to that last session. So I got to drop it all on him in the last session. He says, you need four things. Four things. Number one, ilm, knowledge. Knowledge is different from everyone in this room. We're not talking about fard, wajib, makru, this, that. No, 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 no. You need knowledge of God first. Knowledge of deeper purpose first. Number one, knowledge. Number two, actions. Number three, he's going to explain them. Sincerity. Number four, fear. Fear. What do we say about fear? It's a fear of, of what we may miss out on. That's the real FOMO. Fear of what we may miss out on. He says, first, you got to know the path. You got to know there's a path of ibadah you could be living on. I remember when I first converted, it was amazing because I felt like I was walking in a different dimension. Because of an awareness of this reality that others aren't aware of. Right? In this room, subhanAllah, in this room, angels. Two angels sitting next to each one of us. Writing down. Loving the vibes. The other angels pulling up who just love to hear dhikr. They love to hear dhikr. The the hadith says that these gatherings shine to the angels the way stars shine to us. In the midst of darkness, in the middle of Carrollton, there's a a star shining. (laughs) It's us. It's us sitting together, our hearts just wanting to know more about God. I'm switchable. You can put anybody here. What's usul is that we all want to know about Allah. We all just want to know about Allah and remember him. He says, you got to know the path. If you don't know the path, you're just blind, and that is a horrible life. Number two, you have to act on what you know, because if you don't act on what you know, you are barred from the path. You know there's a path, but you're barred from it. Then you have to make your actions pure. Why are you doing your fajr? Why are you reading Quran? Why are you coming here? It has to be pure. If your actions aren't purely for his sake, you are being deceived. And he says, lastly, And then you have to be worried, yo. Worried. Worried. It's a healthy worry. Worry that I stay on this path. Worry that I stay on this path. Imam Ghazali, rahimahullah ta'ala, then he says, he's ending, this is our last page. Imam Ghazali says, ثُمَّ جُمْلَةُ الْأَمْرُ وَتَفْسِيلِهِ مَا قَالَ رَبُّ الْعَالَمِينَ فِي أَرْبَعَةِ آيات. He says, finally, the summary of everything I've taught you comes down to four verses of the Quran. Are you ready? Bismillah. He says, first verse, and I'm going to give you the reference so you could look at them and have them and look at them over and over. He says, the first verse is Surah Al-Mu'minun, verse number 115, where Allah says, Beautiful verse. He says, Allah says in this verse, do you think? Do you think? 
That we created you for no reason. A game? There's no point. Do you think you're not coming back to Allah? Beautiful verse, yo. Are you going back? I read a narration by uh, Ibn Ajiba in his tafsir, Bahrul Madid, that one time Ibn Mas'ud, who's Ibn Mas'ud? Ibn Mas'ud, ah, Ibn Mas'ud, man of the, of the next caliber. He was, he was a dark complexion man, big ups, alhamdulillah. <laughs> Sorry. He was a dark complexion man, Ibn Mas'ud. He was really skinny though, all right, really skinny. One day, there was some stuff in a tree. Radiallahu anh, there was a, and the Prophet, all the Sahaba were standing around. I told you about this. All the Sahaba were standing around, and they're like, uh, Ibn Masood, you go get it. So Ibn Masood starts climbing, and when he lifts up his izar, he's got like, like his legs are really skinny. <laughs> right? You know, leg day. Ain't no leg day. <laughs> and so the Sahaba, we can laugh, because the Sahaba, they started like joking with him. Like, they're human beings, y'all. So they start, you know, yo, <laughs> you know. I don't know what they said, but they were cracking on. And the Prophet, the Prophet is there, Sallallahu And he allowed Sahaba to joke. That's the beautiful thing about the Prophet, Sallallahu He allowed them to joke. Alayhi salatu wassalam. But then he said, but I got to fix this, hold up. Yeah, y'all laughing at his legs, but those legs, each one of them will be heavier than the mountain of Uhud on the scales of the Day of Judgment. And everyone's like, you yeah. <laughs> know. All right. <laughs> Ibn Masood was someone who the Prophet Sallallahu he used to let him come and go from the house. He had a permission to just come and go. Did I mention he was a dark-skinned man? <laughs> Allahu Akbar. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. But he was. He was. First verse, brothers and sisters. I was saying, why did I mention Ibn Masood? Hold on. It's narrated by Ibn Ajiba in Bahrul Madid. That one day there was a man, I'll read the narration, Ruya anna Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, annahu marra bi masabin. He walked past a man who was going through a calamity. We don't know what it was, but he was in some mental like, issue, like he could not get over this difficulty. The man was sitting down, musab, like in a difficulty. And the narration says, Ibn Mas'ud goes over to him and he whispers in his, in his ear. He whispers in his ear and he reads, the same verse. Do you think we were created for no purpose and that we're not going back to Allah? I don't care what difficulty you're going through. If you stop for a moment and realize, this is short, I'm going back to Allah. He says, the narration says, The moment he heard it, he was like, I'm good. I'm good. And he walked away. He walked away. He walked away. Next verse, verse number two. Surah Al-Hashr, verse number 18. Let every soul look to what it has sent forward to tomorrow. So the first verse is, uh, why are you here? Second verse is, uh, find your divine purpose. What are you sending forward for tomorrow? I already said, we don't have to be headlines. We don't got to be main, star, main, main character energy, no. But what's your purpose? What's your purpose between God and you? Start small. Start small. Find your purpose with your mother. Yeah, start small, like I said. What's your purpose? Maybe your brother needs you. We don't all have to be Al-Hajj Malik al-Shabazz. Maybe we could be the ones who inspire who he became. Find your purpose. Number three verse. وَالَّذِينَ جَاهَدُوا فِيْنَا لَنَهْدِيَنَّهُمْ سُبُلَنَا Allah says, Ankabut, verse number 69. The spider, verse number 69. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and those who strive, those who strive, fina, in our path. There's a lot of people out there grinding. There's a lot of people grinding. Every YouTube video is about grinding now. <laughs> There's a lot of people grinding out there. 
But this says, Jahadu fina. We're grinding for the sake of God. Not for the sake of my nafs, not for the sake of my character, profile, none of that. All of it is for the sake of Allah, inshallah. وَالَّذِينَ جَاهَدُوا فِينَا لَنَهْدِيَنَّهُمْ سُبَلَنَا Surah Ankabut, verse number 69. And the last verse. All that you're doing, don't think you're doing God a favor. It's God's blessing upon you. The last verse is Surah Ankabut, verse number 6. وَمَنْ جَاهَدَ فَإِنَّمَا يُجَاهِدُ لِنَفْسِهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ غَنِيٌّ عَنِ الْعَالَمِينَ If you strive and struggle... You did it for yourself. God's blessing upon you, but you did it for you. Inna Allah ghani. Allah doesn't need you. Allah doesn't need us. We need him. I need Fajr. I need this deen. I need Ramadan that's coming in a month. I need that. Allah doesn't need our ibadah. So he says in the last paragraph, and we'll conclude. We seek... Allah's forgiveness min kulli ma bihil qadam for all of the slips of our feet and for all the excessiveness of our pens. He's writing the book, so he's saying. وَنَسْتَغْفِرُهُ and we seek forgiveness min aqawilina allati la tuwafiqu a'malana We seek forgiveness for all of our statements that don't match our actions. وَنَسْتَغْفِرُهُ and we seek forgiveness for everything that we claimed and showed outwardly from knowledge of this religion, even though we're deficient. And we seek forgiveness for every thought that caused us to beautify ourselves for people. In a book that we wrote. Or speech that we said. Or knowledge that we gave to others. We ask Allah to make us and you, our brothers and sisters, people who act upon what we know. Amen. Amen. And we ask him to make us those who only want his pleasure. Amen. We ask Allah not to make this knowledge a burden upon us. Amen. We ask Allah to make these gatherings in our good deeds, our scale of good deeds. So this is what we wanted to say to you and explain to you the path of worship. We did our best. May the peace and blessings of God be upon the best that was born. Da'a ila afdali ma'bud, the one who called to the best of all worshipped Allah. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Tamma kitab. The book is done. May Allah accept. I would say let's make a dua, but he made our dua. May Allah accept from us, inshaAllah ta'ala. May Allah make this a means of us to progress in our deen and become stronger. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless our brothers and sisters in Philistine with freedom. May Allah free Masjid al-Aqsa. May Allah free Masjid al-Aqsa. Ya Allah free Masjid al-Aqsa. Ya Allah, we ask you, Ya Allah, to accept the shahad of those who are shuhada, the martyrs. Ya Allah, we ask you to bless our hearts with goodness, Ya Allah. We ask you to make our, fir- our feet firm on this path, Ya Arhamur Rahimin. Ya Allah, whatever steps forward we have made, Ya Allah, we ask you to allow us to make another step forward, Ya Arhamur Rahimin. Ya Allah, whatever slip-ups we have had, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, we turn to you in this blessed gathering, Ya Allah. Only you knowing our reality, Ya Allah. We turn to you, we beg of you, Ya Allah. We beseech you, Ya Allah. We come to you in our broken state that is sinful, Ya Allah. Only you knowing what we've done, Ya Allah. We beg of you because you are merciful. Ya Allah, we beg of you just as you have blessed us 
without us deserving. We ask you to complete your blessings upon us even though we don't deserve it. Amen. Ya Allah, we ask you to elevate the rank of our parents, Ya Allah. Those of our family members who are not Muslim, Ya Allah, we ask you to guide their hearts, Ya Allah. Amen. We ask you to allow them to see the light of Islam, Ya Allah. Amen. Ya Allah, we ask you to bless our family members who have passed away, Ya Allah. Amen. Our fathers and our mothers who have passed already, we ask you to give them the sadaqah jari of all that we do, Ya Rahman Rahimin. Ya Allah, we ask you to bless our teachers, Ya Allah, with the best of this world in the next, Ya Rahman Rahimin. Ya Allah, we ask you, we beg of you. Give us ikhlas in all that we do, Ya Arhamar Rahimin. Subhana Rabbika, Rabbil Izzati, Amma Yasifun. Wa salamun ala al-mursaleen. Walhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Jazakumullahu khair.